I've recorded uh, conversations with people and then as podcasts, and then they said, don't release what I just said. And uh, it turned out to be the entire conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're like, well, I can't actually have like people know that I think these things I'm like, Oh, okay. It was, it was a, a blonde lady from Fox news. That's all I'll say. Oh, okay. I see how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because then she won't be invited back for, uh, I don't know, fill-in spots or whatever. She's yeah. not a host. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. She's not a host. But yeah, I was just like, all right, I still have the interview. Yeah. I just never released it. And then, uh, just out of courtesy to her. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. So, uh, Tim Price, what's been going on in your neck of the woods these days? Oh, my neck of the woods doesn't have trees. Yeah, that's true. So it's really horrible woods. Um <laughs> I have uh, these brown, scraggly uh, trees that look dead all year round. I don't know how they stay up. Right. Um, but uh, things are going really, really, really well in my neck of the woods. Traffic is a breeze. Nice. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Arizona has some of the worst traffic in the country, but not right now. I was driving through downtown last week um, during rush hour, and it felt like it was a holiday. There was no one on the roads. Um, also gas prices are lower, you know, so I'm just racking up positive after positive when it comes to this whole coronavirus (laughs) thing. I'm like, okay, fewer old people. Good. Fewer (laughs) people on the roads. Good. Uh, gas prices cheaper. Good. Housing prices are going to collapse, which will be good for me because I'd like to buy one or two more. Yeah. Get some stuff pennies on the dollar. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) Like recessions are not a bad thing. Recessions are just a correction. They're where we should have been. You know, in the first place. Right. And it's interesting. That's not really interesting, but everyone is paying attention to the pin that popped the bubble instead of the bubble itself. The problem was the coronavirus. No, the coronavirus was just the pin that popped the bubble, not the bubble. The bubble's been going up, you know, since, well, we never really (laughs) let it deflate after 2008. Yeah. It's been inflating ever since then. Yeah. Some could make the argument it hasn't really deflated since the 2000.com crash either, so. Oh, yeah, you could definitely make that argument for yeah. sure. But, uh, you know, the old cliche saying still applies. You know, bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs get slaughtered. So That's right, yeah. So because people are always they're always wondering, like, well, what are we going to do if there's an economic collapse? And it's like, well, you should have thought about that years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, like now is not the time to figure out, oh, maybe I should save my money. Yeah. Well, it's a little late to save your money when you just lost your job. At this point, all your money is going into paying your mortgage. Eventually, you'll run out of savings, even with the $1,200 stimulus check that they sent us. Oh, they're so generous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I know like three people that actually got one of those checks. I don't know anyone else who did. What? I know a, a handful of small business owners that were supposed to get bailout money. None oh. of them did. Yeah, you know, one more because my stimulus check arrives in my bank account tomorrow. So... Oh, is that so? Yeah. How do you, this will be a a nice public service episode for you then. How do you go about actually receiving your $1,200 or more if you're married or have kids or whatever? How do you go about receiving your $1,200? Well, uh, you actually had to file your 2018 taxes. So for those of you who, who don't do that, or, you know, maybe like a 16 year old working at a McDonald's somewhere, you know, uh, you might, you might get it if you filed taxes, if not, and you're still claimed as a dependent on your parents, they got your $500, you know? Okay. Yeah. Now I did file my taxes, but I think I used a different address. Ah. Ah. So maybe that's uh part of the, the problem I have here. Yeah. You would have to, um, get onto the IRS website and I know, ah, ah. <laughs> Jesus, don't say things like that. Yeah, that's that's how a horror movie begins. He had to go onto the IRS website. All right, then it all went bad. After that, it was downhill after the IRS website. No, everything's real good out here, though. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, I mean, I still make money because, um, you know, I, I, I don't make money in one of the industries that's been shut down. Yeah. And uh, so so everything's fine. Um, You know, bills are paid uh, pretty low stress. Uh, I don't podcast much anymore, which is um, probably part of the low stress. Yeah. 
and I, I watch significantly less news, which is probably part of the less podcasting. So yep. everything's just going in a good direction. Um, the chlamydia has completely gone away. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, we were is, starting to worry. Which is, right, right. So that that's good. Um, because all the stores are shut down, I'm cooking a lot more. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more home-cooked meals. Um, I was never, like, you know, super fat or anything, but I, I gained an extra belt hole since this whole thing began. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I can't think of any real negatives personally that have um, happened to me in the last few months. Everything's hunky-dory over here. Well, you know, that's great. <clears throat> uh, I, I, too, am, a, uh, <laughs> am an so essential nice. employee because I, uh, uh, you know, a designer in the civil engineering uh, field. And uh, when we're dealing with uh, state projects, you know, that's ultimately determined, yes, we, we really need to do those projects. So keep keep your staff going. And, uh, it was a real weird, uh, first week, um, of work. You know, I, I just get the job, get on there. When I first day, there's already two thirds of the office is missing because they just decided they were just going to shelter in place on their own. And then at the end of the week, they was like, okay, here's a laptop, couple of monitors, you know, mouse keyboard. You're just going to work from home. Here's the keys to the VPN. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I haven't even met my team. I've like met my supervisor and like one other guy. And that was about it. So, Oh, you started your new job right after as this thing was hitting, huh? Yeah. Right. Right at the beginning of it. So it was before any kind of like mandate that people stay home. That was like already two thirds of my office was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to remote that's in. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's fantastic. See another win. Yeah. For the coronavirus is that, cause I don't know about you, but I hated ever starting like a new job because within the first week or two weeks, you have to go around and meet everybody and introduce oh, yeah. you. Oh, well, what was your last job like? And uh, what have you done before? It's like, oh, <laughs> I don't. Let, you want to talk about your family life? Not, no, not with you. I don't know you. So and, and it's, I hated those first couple weeks of starting a job. <laughs> so you kind of lucked out once again. Yeah, didn't have to meet anybody. I guess that'll happen after everybody kind of comes to their senses and starts coming back to work. But uh, one nice little throwaway line that I used to do was, uh, you know, when someone would ask, well, what'd you do before this? And just go, time. <laughs> just kind of get their look on their faces like, oh. Oh. Oh, tell Interesting. Us yeah. Be just completely joking. Just uh, try to give it to them as deadpan as I could. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not what I did before this. It's who I did before this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> His name was Tom. Or her name was Tom. Yeah. It's, you don't know. And I, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, I've always excelled at those little life bits. And, and it's gotten me into trouble before. So, like, uh, before I got married, uh, my wife's mom was asking me, I was like, so, do you have any children? And I said, well, none that I know of. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I, I don't know, not, you heard something? Not, yeah, not wanting to tell you your mother-in-law or mother-in-law-to-be. Probably yeah. not one for her. Yeah. She has since then gotten my uh, my rather uh, odd sense of humor. So That's good. That's good. It's uh, supposedly important to get along with the in-laws. Yes. I don't know anything about that, but uh, that's what they tell me. Which is um, yet another reason why I'm not particularly uh, just woohoo. I'm going to go get married tomorrow. It's <laughs> like no, then I have to. That's that's just a whole new group of people that I have to think about, or at least pretend to think about and pretend to care about. And then you buy Christmas gifts for all these schmucks that you only see once or twice a year. <laughs> family reunions and everything else, and then the wedding. Oh yes. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know how guys do it, especially guys that get married more than once and have <laughs> an actual wedding more than once. Yeah, I I will never understand that, especially if the guys like on his third or fourth. And I was like, "Man, you didn't really learn your lesson, did you?" <laughs> no, you didn't learn your lesson, and you're just making the same bad investment over and over again. <laughs> yeah, you just look at him, it's like, "So, like are you worth like an eighth or a 16th at this point of what you should be?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't even get me started with that BS with the, and uh, that was, I, I'm still fuming over the Jeff Bezos settlement to his old lady. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that one was yeah. was crazy. It was like half of his wealth, you know. And we're talking billions of dollars. Right. I think I think the uh, the fifty percent rule should stop once the guy or girl. This will go for Oprah's husband too. Once they're worth more than ten billion dollars, like the most you can ever get is five billion. Yeah. Out of a marriage. Yeah. And I think that's still pretty darn good because you're basically a glorified babysitter at that point. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably not even that. You know, you have your own cook, so the wife doesn't have to cook. The wife doesn't have to watch the kids. They got a nanny. The wife doesn't have to clean. It's like, what is she contributing to all of this? <laughs> well, even even in that case, I mean, what was she contributing prior to his making billions of dollars? You know? <laughs> oh, she was supporting him. <laughs> And right. I had people say that to me. She, oh, she supported him. And I thought, well, what? So you think that without her, he wouldn't have still been a freaking billionaire? Of course he would have. Yeah. yeah. Like that woman did not make Jeff Bezos a billionaire. I mean, but, unless her uh, name is like written on a whole bunch of the code that's on Amazon. <laughs> There's, I, I, I just don't see that. It. Yeah. I doubt that. And I also doubt that, uh, that even his name is written on most of it. Yeah, I mean, probably right at the very beginning, he was probably doing all of it. I've, we've all seen that famous picture of him in that little cooped up office with the little printed out banner that said Amazon.com on it at his desk. Was that even printed out? It looked handmade. You, you might be right about that. It's been a, been a couple of years since I've seen that picture. But yeah, I, you know, once you start hiring coders on staff, you know, they're just going to get stuff off of GitHub anyway. So. Right. And, you know, and I, I, I'm fine with him being worth a hundred and some odd billion dollars. That's yeah. fine with me. And uh, also the thing to remember, and I guess like poor people don't get this, is that just because Jeff Bezos is worth one hundred and forty billion dollars or I guess now 70 billion. Right. It's not like he has 70 billion dollars sitting in his savings account. Most of that is Amazon stock. Right. So he could liquidate it, but he's not doesn't actually have that much money just sitting around his house, you know, stuffed under a mattress. Imagine how tall the mattress would be if he stuffed. $140 $140 billion. Right. Yeah. If we've ever seen those infographics on what a billion dollars actually looks like in $1 right. bills, you know, it like fills a warehouse, you know, <laughs> right. and that's just $1 billion. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned 140. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I can already hear the naysayers. Well, that's why he uses hundreds. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I have more power to him. <laughs> But yeah, that, that's always been really funny when they people talk talk about the millionaires and billionaires being all, uh, you know, hoarders of wealth. You know, they they imagine this. There's a finite supply of money out there, and the rich people just take right. most of it for themselves. And the you know the poor and downtrodden, the thirsty, the hungry, the the sleeveless and the shoeless. You know, they ha- they have nothing of that pie. And that what they don't understand is the economy itself. It, it's a pie that gets bigger and smaller. You know. It, uh, mm-hmm. In times where it's really good, the bit, the pie is really huge, and everybody yes, can get a little most, piece. But most of the profits are going to the top one percent. Yeah, and and I I think well, let's let's stop talking about profits and money. Let's talk about art. Yeah, right. Only one percent of musicians anyone's ever heard of. Only one percent of paintings or painters right. anyone's ever. You know, I can think of like uh, Pablo Picasso, Vincent Van Gogh, yeah, Andy Warhol. That's it. <laughs> well, there's probably a ton of painters out there, but we oh, only yeah. worry about the one percent. It's like that's the way it is in like the universe. That's just what it is. How many planets are there? Yeah. Well, there's a zillion planets. How many of them have life on it? Uh, we've only found one so far. Yep. But as far as I know. Yeah, but, you know, you know, the like, t- statistical model would say there's got to be more. <laughs> you would, you would think so. so it's like <laughs> the evil one percent. It's like there's a one percent of everything, and the one percent of people are always going to do better than other people. Sometimes much, much better than other people, and that's yeah. that's the nature of life. You know, yeah, you just got to play the cards you're dealt. Right, right, and the other thing that. Um, it's yeah. Oh, these. Do you think Bill Gates grew up with that kind of mentality? No. Of oh, the evil one percent. Do you think Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or name the rich guy? Yeah. Do you think they grew up their childhood and their adolescence and their their young adult years with that kind of mentality of ooh, that guy has something that I want. Yeah. Therefore, I want to just take it from him. No. Yeah, a, a lot of them. You know, when they're you know doing the bootstraps that 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just completely hates. Uh, you know, they look at a they, they look at life as a as a problem that they need to solve. You know, it's like a uh, it's like a little game for them. It's like, okay, well, I see this guy over here. He's you know wheeling and dealing in this. I bet I can do it just a percent better. Not even not even a hundred percent better. Just a just a tiny smidge better. And once he got yeah. that one percent, then all the money started flowing to him. You know, and it was well, it, you know it was just his grit and determination that uh, that persevered. Right, and I, I love that AOC totally took that saying literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, you know, people can't actually pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It's like, right. Yes. No, I, I know they literally can't, you stupid bitch, but <laughs> dear Lord. Like, it's just, like, it's, and I, I'm still confused about this or torn about this. Do you think she's actually that dumb or is she trolling the right? I think it's actually a mixture of both. I have seen her little talks and everything where they're not scripted, like the little town hall type meetings, and she'll get blindsided with a question and don't really know how to answer it properly. And then I've seen other times where she is in a scripted environment and then she does say something dumb, but then kind of gets this little look on her face. So it could be a, you know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B on that one. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I, one of my favorites is still her uh, being confused by what a garbage disposal is. Yeah, that if, I if think a, was complete if, trolling. If, yeah, that one I think was all trolling. <laughs> that was trolling, you think? Yeah. I, I, it would have to be, right? Because you can't actually be that stupid. Right. And even on then again, most of them, they say in sinkerator, you know, garbage disposal. <laughs> but what, like, is this environmentally friendly? Uh, what? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it depends what you're eating. Yeah. It's primarily designed for food and leftovers and that kind of thing. You don't stuff a garbage bag down a garbage disposal. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to so go to the wastewater treatment plant and get turned into, you know, potable water anyway. Anyway, so. <laughs> right. Whether it goes through you beforehand or not, it's going to the same place. Yeah. I was like, and you live in New York, it's eventually going to end up in the Hudson, you know. Oh. Yeah, what do you care? <laughs> so nasty. Yeah. As the, you know, I live like literally 300 yards away from the Mississippi river. If I wanted to go see it, I could just take a walk. Um, the Hudson river actually stinks. I, I have seen it in person. It stood over mm-hmm. it. It was like, Ooh, why does it smell like rotting flesh and eggs? I don't get this. It's, it's because it's a city run by environmentalists. Yeah. Clearly. And they had the same thing happening in Milwaukee when I lived there, um, that their sewer system for parts of the city was so bad that if there was ever a heavy downpour, they would empty their sewers right. into Lake Michigan. Yeah, with, that's and, where you and, empty and the they, sewer. And then, I mean, it's it's so gross. They had, like, ropes along the beaches to keep the little pieces of floating shit away from the people. Nice. No, yeah, obviously the, the piece of rope was going to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> right. The piece, it'll, it'll stop the big chunks that are floating at the top. I don't know what it does for the rest of it. And I, I went swimming in it once, not thinking. <laughs> and uh, I got horribly sick. I don't know what it was. I wouldn't, maybe E. coli or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. But I paid the price. And um, I mean, sometimes the entire north side of Milwaukee will just reek. Yeah. Of a, it'll smell like a sewer. It's yeah. like, well, why is that? Well, that's because the liberals in charge still haven't managed to fix this old, outdated, like 18th century, century infrastructure that we have um, because they're too busy, you know, building trolleys uh, for the city of Milwaukee, a city the size of, my gosh, like maybe half a million people. Yeah. But it would on a good day. need a trolley. Yeah. Right. On a good day. Yeah, yeah, it's a shrinking, dying city, but we need to build a trolley so we can be more like San Francisco. There's so many things wrong with what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I get it. It's like even New Orleans has a uh, has a trolley car and it doesn't go very far. I think it's like um, at most it's like a five mile track, you know, forward and back. Yeah. And it makes several stops. But it's like, oh, we're, we're going to get on the uh, on the trolley car. It was like. All right. I guess I get to see a little bit of Bourbon Street and a little bit of Carondelet, and that's it. You know, 
Yeah, and and for a city like New Orleans, maybe I understand it a bit, um, just yeah. because it does make it easier for tourists to get around, right? Um, or at least it used to before Uber. Yeah. Now that we have Uber, I don't know why we need taxis. I don't know why we need buses. I don't know why we need trains and subways. And <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. If people want them, then that's fine. I don't know why the public is subsidizing them, though. Yeah, that that's the other thing. I mean, around here in Baton Rouge, uh, I was actually. Uh, caught off guard when I saw a yellow cab and uh, I, mm. I drive part-time for Uber on the weekends and uh, we rarely will see a cab unless we're going to the airport. And it seems like the only place I've ever seen them, but it was just driving around, you know, while I was on my way to, to my day job, I was like, Oh, look at that. There's a yellow cab. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it. I, I mean, in the last, in recent memory, that's the only time I've seen yellow cabs is at airports. Yeah. Uh, not that I really use them. I mean, they're right there, but I still opt for the Uber because I don't want to sit in something with hard plastic seats. Yeah. You know, and uh, speak to a guy who doesn't speak English. Although one time I did have an Uber driver uh, who was deaf. Oh, no. <laughs> I, or or he just didn't want to talk to anyone. But he made the kind of the hand signals at his ear. Yeah, that he couldn't hear me. So I was like, oh, oh OK, so it was. I guess that's a great way to get out of conversation. <laughs> right. I, I'm not going to question him. I was like, Are OK, you, sure? you say you're deaf. All right. That's fine. Right. Well, let me take out my ear horn see if he's lying. <laughs> it's like I just so happen to have this clipboard nearby. <laughs> right. Let me snap that next to his ears. See if he jumps. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's really funny because uh, like when I get the notification on Uber, it'll tell me if the person wants to have a conversation or not. And the vast majority of the time, it's like, no, please keep quiet. <laughs> you know, so anything beyond, you know, are you this person and you're going this place? I was like, okay, well, get in the back seat, shut up. You know, <laughs> is that a a new option? Yeah, that's a new option that they've. Uh, I think they've had it for about six months now. Um, but yeah, okay. if you request yeah, a, yeah, if you request a ride, you can tell them you know how much conversation you want. You can even tell them if you want the the car hot, cold, whatever. Uh, even music oh, preference. Geez. Yeah, you can. Oh come on, that's getting a little. <laughs> yeah, most of the a ones little, that yeah, you most... have to pay extra. I hope. <laughs> no, I mean that's just part of the fare. But uh, yeah, most of the ones I've ever seen, it's all been you know minimal conversation and uh, like. AC preference and all that stuff is rarely ever checked. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. If someone got, if I'm driving someone around in Uber and they say, Oh, you know what? I don't really like this radio station. Yeah. Can you change it? I say, I don't really like this passenger. <laughs> and then I'll open up my Uber app and I'll change the passenger. <laughs> you can get out here. <laughs> yeah. I've only ever had to kick, kick out uh, just a few people. There was a, uh, a gay couple that started a fist fight in the backseat of my car. That that was what? fun. I thought they're friendly. Not all of them, and you knew the the situation was was going to get be tense because they were arguing when they got in the back seat of our car, and uh, you know talking about he was looking at some other guy, and the other guy was looking back at him, and then the moment they started calling each other bitch over and over again, I was like, oh boy, it's about to happen, and then sure enough, you know, one fist, <laughs> I was like, all right, no guys, <laughs> time to go. Now. I know that situation probably made you upset, but I'm going to make you more upset. All right, go for it. Imagine the makeup sex. Oh, yeah, it was probably beautiful. You know, and there was uh, candles, and <laughs> soft music playing. <laughs> I, I, I'd still call it revolting. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm of the mind. It's like, all right, gay people, you're not really going to shock me in any kind of way. I, I just don't want to know about it. You know, <laughs> keep whatever oh, you're yeah. doing to yourself. And that goes double that goes double for the straight couples. I don't want to know what you're doing either. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on just a second. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine, P-O-V dot porcupinepodcast.com. All right, kids. And we're back. Occasionally, like to uh, you know, know what others straight not people I know, people I know. Uh-uh. Yeah, that gets a little that's get that gets a little like, cringy. <laughs> I don't like that. Complete strangers, though. <laughs> yeah, complete, complete strangers, or more, maybe you just know their stage name. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
It, get, it gets weird. And the, the other person I've ever had to kick out was the, um, was a 50 year old woman, uh, obviously overserved, uh, at the Mexican restaurant, uh, too many margaritas. And she was getting handsy with me in the front seat. And so I, I warned her, I was like, look, this ain't a date. You know, I'm just driving you back home safely so that you don't get a DWI or whatever. Don't touch mm-hmm. my junk again. Otherwise you're going out of the car. You know, the whole time her friend is in the back seat, just yelling and screaming. I was like, I can't believe you're doing that. Just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's fine. We'll, we'll continue on. But he grabbed me again. You're out the car. And sure enough, yeah. hand reached over and I was like, okay, that's it right here on the side of the interstate. <laughs> Have a good night. On the side of the interstate? Oh yeah. I was on the side of the interstate. I pulled over to the shoulder and let him out. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, what most people don't know is the drivers can actually rate the passengers. So that person, one star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I do. I did know that. I think I've always got five stars because even when I'm like too drunk to drive and that's the reason that I call an Uber, which is rarely the case. Um, But even in those situations, I'm still respectful and it's like, I'm not drunk. It's just if I got pulled over, I would probably technically be over the limit. Yeah. So I'm just not going to risk it, you know. And uh, but even with those people, I, I yeah, I'm always respectful too. And I don't know. I, I never make requests of what we listen to, and it's all. But it's always the same conversation too. Oh, yeah. so how long have you been doing this? You know, yeah. do you do it full time or you just do it as a part time thing? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, and then I ask him, you know, about some of the different rules and things, and then I ask him for stories. So, have you ever had to kick someone out of your car? Right. Have you ever had someone throw up in your car? <laughs> What's the craziest story you've ever heard? <laughs> I'm sure they get as tired of answering those questions as I do of asking them. But it's like the obligatory thing that I just—that's the way Uber works, you know. Yeah, for a uh, recovering stand-up comedian that I am. Uh, I just look at it like this. It's, it's a chance for me to work on my bits. So <laughs> I just, I just view them as the audience. And, um, so I, I, I do have like one crazy story. Uh, a guy literally tried to smoke crack in my car. <laughs> oh, nice. Picked him up, you know, looked nice, had a, you know, had a nice little polo shirt on some khakis on, you know, looked nice. It wasn't Mike Lindell, was it? No, 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 no. Uh, I think this guy's name was Travis. Anyways. So. He, he gets oh, that's in set figures. <laughs> gets in the front seat, and you know, I do the whole thing. You know, is your name Travis? Okay, you're going here, and he's like, yeah, 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 that's great. So we're driving along, and um, probably about two minutes later, he pulls something out of his pocket. Looks like a little glass pipe, and I'm like, I was like, okay, well, I haven't had the, well, I'm gonna smoke marijuana in your car thing yet, so we'll we'll just see where this goes. Well, next thing I know, he's reaching into a little baggie and he grabs out a rock, throws it in there. And then he, you know, gets the lighter ready and he's got the pipe up in his lips. And I look over and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not about to smoke crack in my car. And as soon as I said it, I realized I just told a crackhead he's not allowed to smoke crack. It's probably the first time someone told him that. (laughs) Be prepared for battle. (laughs) You know, so I'm like reaching over and like trying to undo my seatbelt because I don't want that getting in the way in case I got to hit this guy. And he just looks at me and he goes, oh, man, I, I... I'm sorry. He puts everything away, you know, real respectful oh. after that. Get him to his destination. He hands me a $10 cash tip. <laughs> I was like, you know what? He was the nicest crackhead ever. You know, five star, five star rating. Five stars. <laughs> five star for that guy. Little did you know, it wasn't crack. It was meth. <laughs> that might've been even better, but uh, yeah, he was, uh, right. he was real polite after that. So, well, he probably didn't want you to call him in. Yeah. Rat him out or anything, which I'm not going to do. Well, Well, write about it or just, you know, after he gets out of the car, you know, call the police and say, hey, this guy, here's his description. He's carrying crack. So that wasn't a tip um, that he gave you. It was a bribe? That was a bribe, yeah. Some bribe. Here I am talking about it on a podcast, you know. (laughs) Yeah, some guy named Travis in Louisiana. Anybody out there, you know Travis the crackhead in Louisiana? (laughs) Everyone listening is like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. I know it's all guy. different guys. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, he was wearing khakis? Hmm. Well, that doesn't sound like my Travis. Yeah. Like my crackhead Travis. Could have been a different Must guy. Been a different, different guy. Yeah. Maybe he was coming from his cousin's wedding or something. Who knows? But yeah. 
So, so I thought I, I was under the impression that you had uh, made a venture over to Dallas, Texas. I thought you had moved there. Were you just visiting or what? Yeah, I had uh, the job market here in Baton Rouge was a little thin at the moment. And uh, I had just gotten laid off and I was like, OK, well, I'm going to need to find some work. And it, just nothing was coming. So I was like, OK, well, maybe I need to expand my horizons out to Houston or or mm-hmm. Dallas or Austin or something like that. So I started getting you know some interviews over there. And, uh, sure enough, I got hired at one place up in Dallas. So I was like, okay, uh, moved up there to a little crappy one bedroom apartment. I was, cause I didn't want to disrupt my, uh, my son's education any. So I was like, okay, well, we'll wait until the end of the school year and get everybody moved up there. Well, okay. yeah, as it turns out, the engineering firm I was working with up there was a complete joke and, uh, they lost a very big job and couldn't afford me or two other engineers anymore. So <laughs> got laid off again. So I was like, crap. <laughs> But just so happens that I was company here in Baton Rouge was also hiring at the same time and happened to get the job just as I was getting laid off. So it, it kind of worked out and I didn't have to go through a big old move. So, yeah, it was just something to kind of uh, keep you steady during a little holdover period. Yeah, just keep food in the refrigerator and lights on, so, you know, back up, right, back at right. home. So, <laughs> okay. So now you're back in Louisiana. Yep. Um,. And I learned this from a guy who's uh, from there. I didn't, he wasn't there, but he's from there. It's not New Orleans, like us, you know, just like northern white people say it. Yeah. But it's also not New Orleans. Uh, as it's, it's not right. It's not yeah. Nolans either. It's Nolines. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, oh, so it's like lean, <laughs> you know, like leaning against a pole on Bourbon Street. Which, uh, which yeah. happens quite a bit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. one of the few cities where you can walk around with an open container be drinking, you know, while you're on the move. Yeah. No, it is. And and 24-hour drinking, uh, which is fantastic. I mean, it's it's the the dirty south version of Las Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, strippers, they get fully nude, you know. You don't get that other places. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, there's some places... Um, I don't know why, but I've never wanted to go to one of the fully nude clubs. And I think it might be because of one – it has something to do with this experience I had Uh-oh. at, at uh, just a topless bar. Is this a PG-13 podcast, by the way? No. I, I mean, if not. you want to say fuck or cunt, you can do that. Oh, no, no. I wouldn't <laughs> say those sort, those sorts of words. Yeah. It's just a disgusting situation that a girl was up on stage. And you know how there's, like, the guys lined up on stage, and she does her little dance, and then right. she goes to, like, each one of the guys, you know, puts her boobs in her face or whatever. Right. Uh, and then they give her, you know, a buck or five bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, this girl, while she was doing her main dance – uh, she was wearing white thong underwear, and there was a stain. Uh oh. From that time of the month, oh. stain. Oh, trouble is a brewing. So, so immediately I pushed my chair way back. So I'm just like, she is not giving. She's not going to like even think that I'm interested in anything more. Yeah. I look at that. That's. You know what, you get lady, ladies, if you're stripping. <laughs> You take one week off a month. Yes. Or at least like three or four days. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So ever since that, it's like, oh, do you want to go to the full? No. No. Don't want to go to the fully nude one because I don't trust the strippers because they (laughs) clearly don't have standards. Uh, Yeah. Luckily, I've never had that kind of experience at a strip club. Uh, But the only one I had was uh, my bachelor party and I was in there and uh, had just received a double lap dance with, which by the way, I highly recommend it if you have the means, but double uh, lap dance. Yeah. One lap dance right after the other. No, two girls at the same time. (laughs) Now, how do they do that? Uh, One takes one knee and the other one takes the other knee. (laughs) All right. It was was, uh, well worth the $400. I'll put it that way. Whoa. $400. $400. Yes, 200 for you each. Better, you better have gotten more than a lap dance for $400, my friend. <laughs> well, there may have I been... I well, you're, you're not going to say that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah that I'm not going to... You know, not going to fully disclose that. But um, so, like, during that, my little brother get, comes back to the uh, comes back to the table and he's got a you know big shit-eating grin on his face. And he's like, oh, I, I got you the greatest uh, bachelor party present ever. I was like, oh, yeah, what's that? And he goes, you're about to go on stage. I was like, no... 
So sure enough, they pulled me up on stage to give me a lap dance on stage. And the uh, stripper was like the BDSM girl of, of the bunch. Cause I, I don't know why my little brother thought I was into this. I'm not. And so she wanted to like yank my pants down like halfway through. And she was like about ready to do it. She goes, wait, you're going commando. <laughs> and she said it out loud. Like all the guys in the front heard it, it was like, Oh man, really? <laughs> Down, on, down there, those uh, humid, sweaty Louisiana days. Yeah, it was a little swampy. Yeah, man. <laughs> that that wouldn't have been pretty. And I'm pasty white and red hair all over, so. <laughs> that was that, is that what she got the, for, for the $400? Or was it just the lap dance for yeah. the $400? Yeah, it was just the lap dance for the two girls. It was 200 each. And uh, my younger brother took one of them back to the champagne room. So I guess that's where the rest of it came from. So. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't get for, he he paid for four hundred dollars worth of prostitute and you got a lap <laughs> dance before he got it on. That's right. right. Now, that clears things up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was all in good fun. And, um, you know, had the wedding the next day, you know, go rolling out of bed, still kind of drunk. You know, that that was fun. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a good kind of headspace to be in when you're about to make one of the biggest decisions of your life. Right. A little bit hungover, <laughs> kind of clammy. Yeah. Don't really remember yesterday. <laughs> and and you're being rushed all day. So you don't, you don't even get a chance to like sit down and like enjoy a lunch or whatever. And so like oh, during yeah. the, during the reception, you still have to stand up and, you know, meet everybody and shake everybody's hand and go dance. And I was like, maybe midnight that night. I was like, I am fucking starving. I need something. <laughs> I haven't right. eaten and since have- yesterday. Still have the weird stripper residue <laughs> on on you. Now, luckily, I had taken a shower, so I wasn't too bad. I mean, you could definitely uh, smell yeah. like me sweating alcohol, but that was about it. Okay, yeah. I was, well, I was gonna say you, you must have had a good scrub in there because that <laughs> shit doesn't come off for me after just one shower. It's like if I go to a strip club on a Friday on Monday morning, I might still have a little hint of stripper on me. Yeah, well, hint of danger, and for whatever reason, a whole bunch of glitter. <laughs> glitter glitter yes because you can't get rid of glitter by by taking a shower no no it just it just stays there and sometimes you you could not even be near a stripper but all of a sudden you have glitter on your arms well you have to wait until your skin sheds off yeah. that's when you get rid of the glitter until then you're, it's always going to pop up somewhere probably yeah. in an embarrassing place and at the wrong moment yeah <laughs> the glitter on your cross oh. Yeah, the wife and the girlfriend looks at it. It's like, what did you do? Fuck a pixie? What is this? <laughs> I like how you said the wife and the girlfriend. <laughs> okay, and or, maybe. <laughs> I got a wife, I got a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, bring them both. Just, you know, in separate uh, cars. <laughs> I don't know, or have one of them be the Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, especially. <laughs> no, I... I've, I've had a couple of those before too. It's um, so it was, I read this new story. Uh, Facebook was starting to suggest sex workers, Johns to them as friends, like people you may know. And so somebody had done some digging and tried to figure out why Facebook was coming up with this. And it turns out like the Mac address on your phone and a cell tower are all stored on Facebook. Oh, okay. So they'll do it by proximity. So you know this person because you two share, shared very close proximity at the same cell tower at some point. So obviously you know each other. So, uh-huh. yeah, it was turning out that it was starting to reveal John's names to their strippers. And, you know, strippers don't like to use their real names most of the time. So it was revealing their real name to their Johns. You know, and this now can be dangerous. Sure, yeah. sure. So this actually happened to me. You know, I was like sitting there just going through my Facebook one day. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> In a different way. In a different okay. way. So, yeah, driving for Uber, you know, now they're pinging all this stuff that they're in the same car with me. So I was starting oh, to receive, okay. like, my writers as friend suggestions. <laughs> I was like, wait, oh. I know this person. Oh. oh. I gave them a ride last week, and he tried smoking crack in my car. Hmm. Yeah, your name's not Travis. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been crazy. So, um, going back to the podcast thing, are are you going to be recording any new episodes, or are you going to be doing something else completely? Um, the podcasting is is always up in the air. Um, I never canceled the show or quit the show. I just put it on hiatus. Right. 
Um, sometimes I announce a hiatus. Other times I just people are like, hey, where's this week's episode? I'm just like, ah, I didn't feel like recording one. <laughs> and that'll just have, that'll just be the way it is for months. Um, so that's always um, an option is doing more. You know, I did. I've been doing it since 2015, early 2015. Yeah, you've been doing so it a while. Yeah, I've, I've, I've put in my time. Um, I think we're on episode 540 or something like that. So it's like, there's plenty, if people are really just jonesing to hear my voice, you can go back and listen to years and years of the stuff. Um, but, uh, if, if something strikes me that I just feel the need to talk about, um, that I can't get off my chest on someone else's podcast, um, you know, that's. That's one of the, the old sayings is that you don't want to be the man who owns the boat. You want to be the friend of the man who owns the boat. Yes. So I don't want to do my own podcast. I just want to show up on other people's podcasts and, and <laughs> talk on there. Yeah, that um, seems to work out. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I'm planning on traveling and doing some filming while traveling. Um, I should have already been in Los Angeles. Uh, of course, there's nothing really to film in Los Angeles right now because everything's shut down and I yeah, refuse much. to wear face masks. So that's that's put on hold. <laughs> and uh, again, I also wanted to be filming in Mexico, um, but the border is completely shut down. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of all the miles and miles and miles that are wide open. Yeah. Uh, but I don't feel like crossing with the aid of a coyote. So <laughs> I'll go through the legal way, which at this point means that I can't go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I'll be doing something. Um, and I'm just, uh, occasionally popping in on other people's shows like yours. Yeah. Uh, just to stay relevant because I don't want people to forget <laughs> about me. <laughs> nah, nah, we can't forget about you. I mean, you've been doing it far longer than I have. I've only been doing it since, uh, 2017 and yours was one of the first, uh, podcasts I started listening to. So. Oh Lord, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I started picking your yours up like around episode three hundred something, three twelve something like that. So it was, yeah, way back in the day. Wow, wow, yeah, that takes me back. <laughs> that must have been when I had co-hosts and things like that. Yeah, I remember there was like a, you know, a few episodes you would have somebody there with you, and then a whole bunch of uh, standalone solo episodes. Yeah, where you yeah, just go vamp on the news for for an hour and a half. Right, yeah. yeah, and I can I can still do that. It's just I don't, uh, you know. After a certain point, you kind of feel like you're just repeating yourself, especially if you're doing a show on your own. Yeah, and um, which on its own is kind of hard to do because you're just like looking at a wall or looking <laughs> at a computer screen. Yeah, and there's no one in the room, and it's like this is really awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of hard to play I, to an audience that you can't see or hear. So yeah, yeah, but then also. Like, how many times do I have to, you know, explain Austrian business cycle theory? Yeah. You know, I must have done it dozens of times. I don't want to talk about it. I already, all right, if you need to, just go read. Don't even bother listening to podcasts. Go read books. Yeah, Mises.org. Half of it's up there for free anyways, you know. <laughs> I, think the, I think you can get pretty much every Mises book for free yeah. in PDF. You know, so you can get all of his stuff, all of Rothbard stuff, all of Hayek stuff. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, and if you're completely illiterate and you can't actually read, um, all of it's available as podcast form on their on their podcast stream. So, <laughs> do they do that? Yeah, they have all like all of like main economy and state. They just release like multiple episodes. Like one episode will will cover chapters one through five, and then they'll have like another one. And some of them are like four hours long. But uh, uh, yeah, why well, is it is it someone just explaining? Man economy and state, or is it actually the text being read? Yeah, it's actually, yeah, the text being read, and then they'll have, oh, like, Lord. yeah, and if you need to see like a table or a, or a figure or something in there, uh, they'll have all the links for it and it'll direct it right to Mises. So I don't know if I was ever that bad. <laughs> like, I, well, you tell me that, that who's listening to the. The audiobook version of Man, Economy, and State. Well, that was me. Like, so, so. Man, y'all, you people need a life. But now <laughs> I'm thinking, well, is that better or worse than reading it? I mean, reading it might be even worse. Yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah, and it, you know, you can go through it, and I'm ADHD enough. I can listen to it at double speed, so I can get yeah. I can get through it pretty quickly. Like uh, Human Action, you know, all 900 and some odd pages of it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I got through that audiobook in like a week. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to put this down for a second. My brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I wouldn't have been able to absorb because I, when I read it, I had to go back and reread certain parts. Yeah. Or especially with some of the words he uses in there, I couldn't pronounce. I still can't pronounce. I know what they mean, but I don't know how to pronounce them. Yeah, um, which is amazing because Mises, you know, English was like his third language or something like that. It's like, and he was. It at first wasn't as. I think that might be why his stuff was so much drier than like Rothbard's, yeah. for instance, is that Rothbard uh, was American. Yeah. Um, he spoke English as his first language, and Rothbard had a sense of humor. Yes. Which. I'm sure Mises did have one, but I don't know how well it would translate from German to American English. Right. You're going to lose a little something in there. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, here's my first book, 900 pages. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Written in a language that I don't normally speak in the house by myself. You know, it's like. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's very impressive. I don't want to read it. And then I read it. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone's going to take that undertaking, I would recommend Bob Murphy's Choice first, you know, because he'll break I, that I one down. I don't know if I've read any of Bob Murphy's stuff. I mean, I've I've watched a ton of his speeches, and didn't he do that show with uh, with Tom Woods, the Contra Krugman or whatever? Yeah, Contra Krugman. He's still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah he, even is... on his Twitter feed, he'll uh, he'll take Krugman to task on stuff, uh, which is kind of fun mm. to see. <laughs> Does Krugman ever respond? Oh, it was hilarious. They they have the Contra cruise where they have uh, everybody go on board, uh, you know, a themed cruise ship that's all against Krugman. And uh, Paul Krugman is uh, narcissist enough to notice that he, he calls it the cruise of people hating me. And it's like, no, 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 they don't hate you. They're just pointing out where you're wrong. <laughs> True. That's right. Oh, I, I think that's that's just a common thread that runs through all of the left's kind of ways of thinking is if you don't agree with me, it's because you hate me. Yeah. Or um, I don't just think you're wrong. I think you're immoral. It's like <laughs> and, uh, uh, Stalin, I disagree with his policies and I think he was a bad person. Yes. Bernie Sanders, I don't think he's a bad person necessarily, right. although you, I might be able to be persuaded. Yeah. But I think mostly he's just wrong on almost everything. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I look at some of them and you're like, okay, well maybe they'd be nice to, you know, have a barbecue with, maybe have a couple of brewskis with them. But, uh, you know, further than that, you know, yeah, I'm not going to let them over to watch my kids, you know? (laughs) I don't know if I would have a beer with Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He'd be like, he'd be like, Hey, well, let me try some of yours. I'd be like, get your own glass. dude." (laughs) I am once again asking you for your lighter. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly convinced his presidential runs were just like to fund another house so that he can take a vacation. You know, I don't even well, think he was really serious about it. <laughs> I'm not sure if he was or not. I'm glad that he dropped out because I think it'll be much more entertaining to see Joe Biden debate Donald oh. Trump than. than yeah, that, that's going to be a shit show to be sure. <laughs> if well, I don't know that he'll do it. Yeah. Um. I can't imagine anyone really seriously advising him to do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, then again, people advised him to run. So we can't put anything past his advisors. Um, um, you know, even if they're going to listen to him, because we've seen Biden blow up at supporters at rallies, you know, and clearly right. the handlers coming over to try and shush him, you know. Yeah. Or his wife trying to make him not seem senile. And then he like mistakes his wife for his sister or something like that. in one of these, it's like, what's going on? This yeah. is really bad. So it's going to be a hilarious debate. Um, I'm glad Bernie's out of it. And perhaps Bernie did just do it for more money so he could sell more books or, um, go on a speaking tour once he finally retires. Yeah. Um, you know, which I don't imagine is going to be that far off in the future. I mean, look at him. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be hanging around the Senate for that much longer. Yeah. But one thing that a lot of people don't really know, um, and I'm not sure the exact rules on this, but basically any money that your campaign doesn't spend on the campaign, you get to keep. Yeah. And you don't have to give refunds if you don't want to. So, right. Yeah. So if you raised $5 million, but you only spent two and a half on your campaign and then said, you know what, I'm going to suspend my campaign. Yeah. Uh, you just earned yourself 2.5 million dollars right so 
you know, it kind of raises your eyebrows when you're like, wait, why are these people running? Yeah, They're, they say they, they they just want to make America better, or they want to serve the people, or I'm sure they maybe do. Maybe there's a hint. Yeah, maybe there's a hint of that somewhere in there, but they're also really happy about the payday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they always like, oh, with a heavy heart, I have to suspend my campaign and, you know, go wipe my tears with a couple hundred dollar bills, you know. With a heavy heart. <laughs> with a heavy heart. You're a politician. You don't have a heart. What are you talking about? It's like, who are you fooling? <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. I mean, well, then again, look how many people he actually did fool. Yeah, quite you a know. bit. Quite a bit. Quite a few people who loved Bernie Sanders because he was so consistent. And I always thought, yes, he was consistently ineffective in Congress, yes. consistently wrong on policy, um, consistently irrelevant, really, wherever he served, either in the House or in the Senate or as the mayor of Burlington, uh, Vermont. Right. Uh, who, who is this guy? Who cares about this guy? Yeah. And no one cared about him until he started offering people free shit. Pretty much. You know. And that, that was his meal ticket. Yes, many meal tickets. <laughs> you know, now the socialist has three mansions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to drop it off at. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, nothing, nothing in particular. I'm not selling anything. I'm not trying to get people to tune in for anything. But if folks do want to, uh, you can just type my name, Tim Preuss, P-R-E-U-S-S. Type it into Google. Um, that's the easiest way to do it. And you'll find yeah. my Twitter and the Facebook page and the Instagram and all that kind of stuff in case you want to keep in touch. Um, yeah, most of the time I don't talk about politics, honestly, on social media. Yeah. It's usually just taking pictures of stuff that I find interesting or, um, Tweeting about football. Yeah, there you go. Find something other than the uh, the dumpster fire that we all find ourselves in sometimes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, Tim. Well, uh, thanks for being on. Uh, and uh, you take it easy out there in Arizona. Try to try to stay uh, hydrated. I know it's kind of hard out there in the desert. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. It's getting tough. It's getting tough, man. But uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. And um, uh, I guess yeah, that's that's it. That's it. You know. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll take it easy. All right. See ya. All right. Out. All right. And there he goes. Tim Price, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to uh, head on over to his uh, Twitter account, his uh, Instagram account, um, trying to get him into getting men's watches, but he doesn't understand that. Anyways, uh, if you could take down, take a look down below in the show notes. Uh, we've got all kinds of ways to support my podcast down there. Uh, got a Teespring store that you can buy some merch at. Uh, we've got some t-shirts, coffee mugs, and a hat that says don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff on it. Um, but anyways, guys, uh, thanks for, thanks for, uh, hitting that download button. And if you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? If you haven't given a rating and review, why are you even here? Go do that. Get this podcast in front of new eyeballs. Please and thank you. All right, everybody. Until next time, have a great one. Out.